0: back on one true podcast talking baylor big 12 college football alongside my good friend john werner johnny how are we doing
1: oh doing great bryce looking forward to an 11 a.m kickoff
0: (laughs) yes we uh certainly uh haven't had a lot of those and so yeah it'll be a, a welcome change from the uh The six and six thirties of the world.
1: Yes, uh, I think we deserve it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, you know, as we do talk about uh, the Baylor Bears, they will not be undefeated this year. (laughs) 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 I'm not sure anyone thought they would go undefeated, but uh, that dream fizzled in Stillwater, Oklahoma, as it has so many times before. Um, Oklahoma State handed the Bears a 24-14 to 14 loss, knocking Baylor out of the top 25 in the process. Um, so, Johnny, look into your crystal ball for a second. I don't know if uh, yours works as well as Dave Campbell's did when he, uh, he used to write his crystal ball column,
1: but... Uh, now, Brosh, you realize he called it the clouded crystal ball. The
0: clouded crystal ball, okay.
1: So even as great as Dave was... He was not always right.
0: Yes. Well, so you may not be right, but uh, (laughs) look into your crystal ball. Uh, Will the Bears be ranked in the top 25 final poll of the season at the end of the year?
1: I think they're going to finish about eight and four. Uh, I think they've got a good team. They they don't have a great team. They're a lot better than last year. I'm going to say they're going to finish right outside of the top. 25. I, I think it's going to be very close. If they finish eight and four, I mean, you know, if everything went right, they they might go nine and three. But I think eight and four is more likely. You know, if things don't go quite as well, I would say seven and five. But uh, you know, they're going to get into a bowl, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to end, end up having a pretty good season.
0: Yeah, I I think that seems about right. Now, isn't there a final poll after the bowl games too?
1: Yes, there is.
0: So maybe if they went nine and four.
1: I'm gonna say they'd make it.
0: Yes. They would yeah. probably sneak in there at the, you know. But uh yeah, I mean I think they're right in that mix of mm. you know, anywhere from twenty-three to thirty. Uh
1: yeah, that's about right.
0: You know, I, I would say they're they're right in that range. Um and um, you know, Oklahoma State, I think. Exposed some things which Iowa State also did, and um, you know, we'll see if Baylor uh gets those some of those corrected this week. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, offensively, you know, Baylor really has regressed in its last two games, uh, against Iowa State and against Oklahoma State. Now, admittedly, those are pretty good defensive units. Uh, But what's most concerning for the Baylor offense right now? Um, And and do you agree with Dave Aranda, you know, in that the issues are fixable?
1: Well, I think obviously it's the offensive line. The the holes aren't there like they were the first three games. Uh, Of course, they played two really good defenses, Iowa State and Oklahoma State, really good defensive lines. And they're going to face another good one against West Virginia. I think it's going to be tough to run again. And uh, you, you know, Abram Smith, Treston Avenue, they showed how well they can run when they get holes. And and they they're tough guys. They're tough physical runners. They can get yardage on their own too. But man, you know, if they get a hole like uh, like Abram did in the third quarter against Oklahoma State, it's a 55-yard touchdown. Now, maybe they should put Dylan Doyle, and maybe he, sh- he needs to play, like, every snap of the game. <laughs> uh, maybe that would help, uh, but he-, he had a pretty good clearing block there. He was really kind of, you know, uh, kind of made-, made-, made the path clear for Abram, but, yeah, I think it's clearly the O-line. I, I think it's better than last year, but, you know, uh, we- we'll see how much better, you know, as they keep playing these good defenses.
0: You were mildly joking there about Dylan, but uh, at the same time, uh, you're right about his block. That was as good a block as any fullback could make. Uh, He sealed the guy off. There was a perfect hole. And if you are going to be this team that really is committed to running the ball as much as Baylor seems to be, why not mix in a fullback a little more often? You know, I mean, uh, Dave Arena talked about one of the reasons they used Dylan on that play is there's really not a, an abundance of fullbacks on the roster. <laughs> um, you know, it's not a position that a lot of schools really recruit anymore. But, you know, I, I, obviously you're probably not going to play Dylan both ways yeah, you know, I all just the time. But at the same time, I think there are opportunities to to mix him in maybe a little more often. And I'll also say, so I agree with you to a certain extent about the O-line. They've got to play better. I do feel like they've made, they've still made massive strides uh, this year on the (coughs) O-line. I felt like, Play calling wise, they really took a step back these past couple weeks. And there, there were just times where I, I understand uh, and agree with the idea of being committed to the run. Mm-hmm. That said, there are certain plays like third and short uh, and, and when you haven't been running well. When it feels like that's a, a passing down, you know, um, yeah. and I just felt like Baylor really backed itself into a corner with some of its play calls, and of course, I was critical of the coaches in my column on Sunday, uh, and Dave Aranda owned up to some of that uh, in his press conference the other day, just saying that you know the coaches were kind of hard on themselves after that game, and
1: right. You know. I think they were a little desperate because you know when your O line is not blocking well, you're kind of limited in your options. So uh, to me, it, it didn't seem like the coaches knew exactly what they wanted to do. You know, just because you know, like the first three games, everything was going so well. They could they were nine out of ten on fourth down conversions. Uh, so <laughs> well, actually, that's through the first four games. But, you know, those first three games, they probably could have run just about any play and it would have worked on fourth down. I think they were kind of in desperation mode and, you know, maybe made some calls that they they regret.
0: Yeah. You know, and I another thing I asked Dave Aranda about was uh, if they have kind of a what the way I phrased it in my question to him was a, a break glass in, ca- in case of emergency offense. You know, mm-hmm. if this thing is not working, do you have other looks to go to? And And what he said was, well, it's the play action pass. Here's the problem with going to the play action pass when the run is not working is who cares about that play action fate, you know? Yeah. Uh, are you really going to bite on it if, if you're not concerned about the team's running game?
1: Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you can't run the ball, you're, you're probably in trouble. And a lot of things just aren't going to work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, you know, they're still 4-1 and one. overall. I mean, I still think feel like they're in a pretty good place. Just for fun, who would you say Baylor's MVP is (laughs) through five games into the season?
1: Well, uh, I don't know if you're going to agree with this. Of course, Gary Bohannon's played very well. Abram Smith and Treston Abner have been really good. I'm going to go with JT Woods.
0: That was my pick. (laughs) That was my pick.
1: He's, to me, he's had an All-America type of season. I mean, you know, first game, against Texas State, returns an interception for a touchdown. Second game against Texas Southern, he sets a school record by uh, returning a fumble for, 90, for a 97-yard touchdown. He got an interception in the end zone, the key play against Iowa State when they tried for a two-point conversion. He got an interception last week. I think he's had a phenomenal year, and uh, you know he should, right right now, I would say he's probably a first-team All-American.
0: Yeah, uh, he's he's a, he's no doubt an all Big Twelve guy. Now that mm-hmm. that much is a given. Uh, but I'm with you. I feel like um, just what he's done, and it, and it's not just the takeaways. I mean, I feel like uh, Baylor's defense really benefits from the fact that it's got a lot of senior leadership. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you got Woods, you got Petrie. You got Raleigh Tejada, who's been there about 10 years, <laughs> you know.
1: You never take a couple, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and, and JT just is sound uh, in his assignments. He just, you know, he seems like he's always calm, always in the right place at the right time. He's smart, you talk to him and- uh, Great you know, interview. Yeah, great interview, really s- savvy guy. Wants to be what a, a forensic scientist or something,
1: yeah. You know, like one of those criminal minds ki- kind of guys on that show,
0: yeah. <laughs> Plus, he's got you know, one of the greatest nicknames, a heartbreak kid. I mean, he's just uh, he's got know, that going
1: like, for him, too.
0: Yeah, you know, it sounds like a wrestler. Uh, you know, here a comes wrestler. the heartbreak kid. You know, I mean, I think there was a, a heartbreak kid. I think Shawn Michaels was the heartbreak kid. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, if you're picking a tag team, just you start with JT Woods for Baylor. I mean, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, all right. Well, we're coming up on the uh, second weekend of October. Not sure it feels like that outside quite yet. Uh, <laughs> Days where it does, but. Uh, and that, of course, means State Fair of Texas. It, of course, means OU Texas weekend or Texas OU, whichever side you're on. Um, last year, this game, you know, maybe surprisingly provided a, a four overtime thriller. Um, and, you know, after an early stumble against Arkansas, Texas is kind of right of the ship uh, with, Uh, wins over the rest of the Southwest Conference, Uh, Rice, uh, Texas Tech, TCU. Um, So what do you think? You know, is this kind of another instant classic on tap?
1: Hmm. I don't know if classic might be a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, to me, Oklahoma has been kind of a disappointment the way they've played. They've just eked out a couple wins. Their offense – isn't the machine it was and uh gosh um, I think I'm still going to go with OU just because I think you know the uh the ceiling's so high for them they should be playing better maybe this a week be the week where they play better um Texas I haven't been really that impressed with them either uh I just uh you know they they squeezed by TCU that wasn't a shock and uh gosh and Casey Thompson's done a pretty good job at quarterback since he stepped in uh Bijan Robinson's been tremendous uh I guess I'll take Oklahoma what what do you think so
0: I feel like and, and maybe we fall into this trap some here on our our lovely podcast I feel like sometimes it's uh bag on Texas time, all the time, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, often they deserve it.
0: And I agree. And I'm I'm more than happy to, to bag on Texas when they deserve it. That said, um, so at the time when Arkansas beat Texas, everyone kind of looked at that as like a little bit, I mean, as a pretty bad loss. I think Arkansas is a lot better than anyone realized the Hogs would be.
1: Right. Uh, until last week, anyway.
0: Right. <laughs> Obviously, Georgia, played a
1: great team. Yeah. George
0: is on another level. but Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do feel like the Longhorns have figured some things out. Uh-huh. Um, and you mentioned the switch at quarterback. And then, you know, I-, I feel like Tom Herman didn't always get his best guy the ball. And yeah. it seems like Sarkeesian is realizing, hey, you know, Putting the ball in B. John Robinson's hands is a pretty good idea.
1: <laughs> you know? well, they did it like what 30 something times in the yeah, last game.
0: I know. And that's you talking about old school. I mean, we, you know, uh, well, nowadays in the NFL, uh, a top feature back gets maybe 12 carries a game. Wow. Uh, I mean, you're talking about three times that many. Uh, yeah. for B. John Robinson. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm not making my pick yet today. I want a few more days to think about it, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning toward Texas. It, partially because of what you said about the way Oklahoma has really not impressed. Um, defensively, they've been pretty good, but I haven't been blown away with Spencer Rattler um, mm. and that offense. It's just, it's not a, a typical sooner offense, Um, and I guess the offensive line has been a problem. Jenny Carlson talked about that, uh, Mm -hmm. last week on our podcast, but, um, you know, just Texas is trending up and, and OU is kind of trending down. So I'm leaning toward the Longhorns right now.
1: I think it's a toss up. I'm, I'm having a hard time deciding who might win that game.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, does it have the chance to be an instant classic? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think. I don't think everybody expected it to be such a great game last year,
1: right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's probably a little more expectations on this game than last year because, you know, Texas wasn't really that good, right? I hate to bag on them again.
0: But But no,
1: Merriman did get fired after the season. Sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, Well, finally, the Big 12 does offer up another. uh, You know. Uh, an, an all Texas game, uh, not not necessarily another all Texas game, but uh, TCU goes to Lubbock to face Texas Tech uh, this week. Um, so in your mind, who needs this game more hmm. and who wins it, and are those two the same?
1: <laughs> I think TCU probably needs it more. Uh, you know, they're kind of behind the eight ball right now. Um I don't think their defense has really been good for a few years. And that was always, you know, something they were always really proud of under Coach Patterson. And uh, I think Tech wins this game at home. You know, that's a hard place to play. It's a long way to go out there, usually some dust kicking around. And uh, but you know, Tech has really played all right this year. I mean, they didn't play well against Texas. But going to uh, Morgantown and winning a game there on a last-second field goal—that's a pretty big deal, uh, you know. I mean, talk about a long way to go. That's really far to go, and they have, you know, they have really good home-field advantage there too. So uh, I like Tech here, but I think TCU probably needs it more.
0: Yeah, um, I I feel like uh, there is a, a rumbling. Among the Red Raider fans about Matt Wells, if you talk to our good friend Chad Conine, uh, he gets disgusted with a lot of his fellow Red Raider fans. Uh, yes, who who would rather have Mike Leach back, you know? Um, mm. But
1: uh, I was going to say it's been a while since a coach has locked a kid in a like a equipment shed. <laughs>
0: hope so that doesn't happen again. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like if Tech lost this game, I agree with you that I feel like Tech is probably the favorite uh, in a, I would say, a close game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, TCU is at least good enough to, I think, keep games competitive as they did last week against Texas. Um, but I do feel like if Tech fell on its face and lost this game, then... You know uh, that that chorus of you know is Matt Wells the guy would would certainly uh gain some decibels there in Lubbock,
1: yeah, you're probably right as far as like uh coach on the hot seat, he's probably more on the hot seat than Gary Patterson, yeah you know, Patterson's got a lot of stock built built
0: yeah. Patterson's got some skins on the wall, uh you know. Wells is just sort of still building there at, at at tech. And uh, I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the win at West Virginia is a really
1: good win. Um, I didn't think it would happen.
0: I didn't either. I I thought that was a a surprise, Um, you know, and so give tech credit for that. And if they can come out of this game, you know, against, uh, against TCU with a win, they're sitting there at five and one, Uh, you know, I mean, When's the last time Tech was in that position? I don't know. It's been a few years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right.
0: He won one to watch and some pretty good games uh, on the docket this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll see you out there on Saturday, my friend.
1: Bryce, I, I just always thought October is the best time of year, like the best month of the athletic season, just because uh, college football is going strong. You got the baseball playoffs. You know, the weather's usually, you know, starting to uh, be really good. And, uh, yeah, I love October.
0: I wrote a column a couple of years ago about how October was the greatest sports month on the calendar. And uh, you failed to mention that the NBA will be starting this Oh, gosh, gosh. What was I thinking? Yeah. So, you know, you know me and my NBA. Gotta get oh, ready.
1: yeah. <laughs> All,
0: All right. Well. Hoops. Good stuff. We'll see everybody out at the games.
1: Okay. Thanks, Bryce. Yep.